Jesus said he came to give life and give it to the foolish. In Romans chapter 5, verse 10, it says, For if when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more through his life shall we be saved or experience the true salvation of our God? Divine Exchange. going on and Sean and the Word. Hey, God bless you. Thank you for joining us. It's good to be back with you. I'm excited about this one. This one is really good. Uh, it's the Divine Exchange Part 5, and it's that Jesus died our death so that we could have his life. And when we talk about uh, him dying our death, we're talking about him taking on our death so that he can give us his life. And for me, that would, that would be that God's plan for our life, God's promises for our life, walking in all that he would have for us, that we're able to, to give him our death, our, 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 our nothing, our worthless deeds, and we're able to take on his life, that which leaves an impact, that which leaves a, a legacy. Uh, when I was coming uh, to the Lord, I really didn't have nothing to, to, to offer him. I mean, I was broken. 2002, when I gave my life to Christ and I was baptized and I was feeling this call into the ministry, I, I had this brokenness, man. I didn't, I didn't know much about it. I didn't know much about Christ. I didn't know much about ministry or church or church work. And I really couldn't comprehend God wanting to use me. And I felt this deep sense inside of me to, to serve God, as I had told you a couple of episodes ago, this deep call to serve God and to, to be involved in ministry. My pastor told me, pray, you need to pray. And so that's what I did. I started praying. And during that time of me praying, my cousin and I was working at this church in a town not too far from where I live, uh, where I was living at the time. It's in Flagler, Palm Coast. It was an Episcopal church. And we were doing the air conditioning. It was it was a brand new building. We we're doing the air conditioning. We we're working for a company, Tim Anderson uh, Air Conditioning Company. And me and my cousin would when we, our lives were changing. It was dramatic. It was tr- it was dramatic what was taking place in our heart and our life. Um, it so happens just the other day. I hadn't been over near that church in 18 years. And just the other day, I was going. I, I rode by there. I was going to pick something up, and I ended up right by that church. And I pulled into the parking lot, and I just started crying. I couldn't stop crying because it was in that place that God really changed my life. God began to take my death and to give me His life. And it, it it's overwhelming to to think that you know, I, I at the time that I gave was was journeying with Jesus and begin to really come into him and understand what he was wanting to do. I was afraid. I was afraid, man, there's no way. How is he going to use my life? How is he going to do what he's saying he wanted to do? He's wanting me to preach, but man, I can't even talk without a cuss word. And then he started removing cuss words. The Lord's wanting me to preach, but man, I don't even, I'm not even good at reading. I've never been to school. I was in ESC classes my whole life. 
I got kicked out of high school. How does he want me to go to college? And I remember sitting in that parking lot of that church on lunch breaks and talking to my cousin and us praying and talking. And at that same time, I was visiting with my pastor. My pastor was and I was visiting a lot of my friends and family members and witnessing to them. And a lot of my friends and family members were coming to the Lord during that time. It was a special time in my life. God was really moving and and beginning to do something in my heart and 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 change me, begin to give me his life, his plans for me, the plans of abundance, the plans of of goodness and mercy following me all the days. And I remember my pastor saying, Sean, I wanna wanna take you up to the Baptist College of Florida and let you let you go there and see if that's where the Lord would have you to go to school. And I said, well, all right. So I went with my pastor, and as soon as I got out that door of the car, we pulled in there. It's in Graceville, Florida. We, we, we went up there together, and I, I opened the door of the car, and I put my foot down on the ground of the parking lot in front of the R.G. Lee Chapel. And the Holy Spirit, this was in 2002, the Holy Spirit spoke very clear to me, this is where you belong. This is where you belong. I came back home. We're working, doing construction. My cousin, I was telling my cousin, we're in that parking lot of that church in Flagler Palm Coast on a lunch break. And I remember telling my cousin, man, I don't know how, what, I don't know, I don't know what I'm going to, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to go to school. I don't even know where to begin. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not equipped. My cousin said this. Sean, if the Lord's called you to it, he's going he's gonna to help you through it. He's going to equip you. He's going to give you what you need. And I really was overwhelmed because that is the truth. God was wanting to take my death and give me his life, the plans that he had for me. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, Paul, Paul even says this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Paul says, Jesus took my death. I'm identifying with the death of Christ because he took my death. It's not me that lives no more. I'm living his life. The life that I'm living now is his life, his plans, his purpose. He's the one that's going to leave a legacy in and through me. He's the one that's going to touch generations and do something far beyond my understanding. He's doing it. And this is where I was at. I said, man, Lord, how am I going to be able to do this? How is this even going to take place? And this exchange began in my life that he took my death. He took my shortcomings, my idiosyncrasies, my frailties, my faults, my weakness, And he began to implement inside of me his plan, his will, his life. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 7, Paul explains this again. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions and sin, he made us alive together with Christ. For by grace we have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come 
he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Paul, in no uncertain terms, says, Jesus and his mercy, he died for us so that we can, we can have his life. That we were dead in our transgressions and sin, but he was raised to life so that we could have his life, so that we can live his life, and he can show us off. Hallelujah. He could show us off. He could say, look what I can do in a heart that fully trusts me. Look what I could do in a life that fully surrenders to me. We have a lot of baggage, a lot of sin, a lot of frailties and faults. But we have to also understand we have death. Before we came to Christ, we were dead. We had nothing. Our very best was like filth and rags. But Christ who is rich in mercy, who loves us, died for us, took our death so that we can be made alive. Hallelujah. So how does this take place? Where does this fall in the, in the, in the work of the Messiah? Well, in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 8 and 9, the, the, the ministry of the Messiah is explained. He says, by oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living, he was slaughtered. He was killed. Look into this. Stricken for this transgression of my people. And they made his grave with a wicked and with a rich man in his death. Isaiah's prophecy about the Messiah is that the Messiah would come. He would suffer. He would be beaten and bruised and wounded. But it says that it's not left at that, that he would die. He would be cut off from the land of the living. That it would be for the transgressions of the people and that his grave would be amongst the wicked. That he would die our death. That he would take our very death and offer us his life. So as I was coming to the Lord and as I was talking about earlier about how I felt this call to the Bible college, I didn't know how it was going to work out. And uh, it ended up our work got real slow, and I got laid off. <laughs> and and the end of 2002, I was laid off from, from my job, and I didn't know what to do. It was kind of like a starting point. And my sister said, why don't you apply for college, and I will, I'll pay for your books. And so I went and applied for college at a community college. I had a GED already, and I went and applied for community college. Just kind of start college and see what, what happens. Well, I was accepted. And to January 2003, I started, started school. And I really felt this cause, serving as a youth pastor. God was using me. Young people's hearts and lives were being changed and touched. And it was amazing. But I really felt this call into to the Bible college. And I'd never forgotten it. In 2004, in June of 2004, I made the decision to apply at the Baptist College of Florida. And I was accepted. I was prepared to start school in September. The end, I think it was the beginning, the middle of August, the end of August of September, or August 2004. And this was in June. I became very fearful because I had 
nothing, man. I didn't. I just felt like I was so unable to accomplish God's plan for my life. I thought that I was unable to walk in that magnificent plan that he had for me to go to Bible college. Somebody coming from my background, it was like way over my head, way more than I could imagine. Probably how Peter felt a little bit sitting in that boat and asking Jesus to walk on the water. Well, the week a week before Bible college was about to start and I was supposed to leave, I had already told the place that I was working that I was going to be leaving, but I was really fearful. I was really second guessing. Should I go? Should I? I should. I shouldn't go. And out of the blue, I was I was praying one afternoon, and out of the blue, one of my friends called me, Mario Bellal, and he said, "Hey, man, uh, there's a there's a concert on the beach. Why don't you go to the concert? It's Casting Crowns. It's a secret concert." And I went to this concert. I loved Casting Crowns at the time. And I went to this secret concert on the band shell in Daytona Beach and listening to the worship and worshiping with uh, the people that was gathered there. And it was just overwhelming. Well, then it came time for, for Mark Hall to share his testimony. And he, he goes, some of y'all don't know this, but I have dyslexia. It was real bad. And I was at the Baptist College of Florida, and I was in one of the classes, and I had failed my exam because of my dyslexia. And I was going home to tell my wife how we were about to leave school, how we are about to have to withdraw because I just couldn't do it. I was unable, unable to accomplish these great things. And he said, as I was driving home, the Holy Spirit told me, Mark, I don't need you. I want you. And that's when he wrote the song, Who Am I? Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would know me? Who am I that he would want me? As I sat there and listened to this testimony a couple of days away from me having to go to the Baptist College of Florida and feeling as though I had nothing to offer God. I couldn't do it. The Holy Spirit says, Sean, I don't, I don't need you. But boy, I sure want you. I died your death so you could live my life. And maybe you're listening and God's calling you to deeper waters. God's calling you to something that's far grander than you could ever think, ask, or imagine. And in your mind, you're thinking, there's no way that I'm able to accomplish it. There's no way that I'm able to, to walk in it. I'm, I'm ill-equipped. I don't have the resources. I'm not the one. But by faith, trust Him. It's no longer you that lives. It's Him living in you. The exchange. Your death for His life. Father, we love you, and we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that you don't need us, but you want us. You want us to be involved in what you're doing. Lord, the the messengers completely changed, Lord, year after year, generation after generation. But your message lives forever. Thank you, God, 
that in this generation, we're allowed to join you in bringing your message to the lost and dying world. Thank you, Lord, for your life in us, the hope of glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you real good. Thank you for joining us in Sean and the Word.